It's Good News Talk. Reconnecting faith to the marketplace to address community problems that can only be solved by adding faith. This is where leaders come together to solve tough problems while advancing the kingdom. Now, on WISL, here's Mike Hennessy with Good News Talk. And good day. This is Mike Hennessy. Welcome to Good News Talk, where we're reconnecting faith to the marketplace. Listen, we can't solve any chronic societal or cultural problems without faith. If you don't add faith to the equation, you won't solve many problems. And today we're connecting faith to our current state of affairs with our social justice warriors. <laughs> I'm going to get her going early. Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> With me in the studio is Aisha Kreitz. She's the founder and former president of the New York chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. She's a chaplain with Flower City, Flower City Chaplains at the Monroe County Jail. She's a mom and, and uh, I would say an activist, only for the right side, and still occasionally writes for the Minority Reporter. Yeah. 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 That's because I remember seeing your stuff coming from there. So Welcome. Thank you. Before we dive in, though, I just want to give give us and my list our listeners the ninety second Reader's Digest bio of, of Ooh, Aisha. Reader's Digest. So, yes. you know, there, there's the fancy bio, and then there's the you know nitty gritty bio. You know, what I'm Reader's saying? Digest is that was a little magazine that your grandparents used to uh, read, uh, like back in the nineteen fifties. Like Reader's Digest. Yeah, I don't think I, I ever. I don't read think it anything. exists anymore. It does. Does it really? It does. And I'm not that old. I just, you know, my grandma had it, and I always grew up with it. But uh, yeah. so bio. So uh, grew up uh, hippie atheist home. Dad was a Black Panther. Mom was a hippie. Wow. Um, you know, wow. I probably was raised. You know, any manner of abuse you can think of um, uh. was, you know, um, part of my upbringing. Um, and then there became that time. Um, of reasoning, of awakening, you know, God pursuing me and uh, me finally saying yes. And from that time on, you know, I've done everything I can to, you know, be the kingdom person that he, you know, wants to bring me into, I guess. Um, and through that, again, yes, a lot of counseling, activism, uh, probably got started within like the pro-life movement uh, because I'm post-abortive. And my youngest child, who's now 15, uh, she's a rescue baby. Uh, thank you, Rescue Rochester. And all of those pro-lifers are stand out in front of the abortion clinics. Bless you. Um, and then from there, you know, just being able to share my testimony, going into various churches, women's groups, sharing my testimony from that end of things. And that led into a lot of other uh, testimonials, uh, you know, again, my, just because of my life. And now, as you said, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've published author um, with a couple of books with Alveda King. Uh, I do things politically, public policy, uh, speaking truth to power. Everything founder from, of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Founder of the New Frederick York Douglass chapter. Foundation, uh, www.fdfny.org, if you would like to visit our show and see us. Operators um, are anyway. standing by. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, you know, and, and now, you know, I am an activist. Yes, a community activist. I don't believe, you know, again, um, I am for justice. I don't like there the term. good ones. Yes, I don't like the term social justice warrior only because I don't think that if anytime you have to put the word a qualifier in front of the word justice, I think that it 
probably isn't justice anymore. I should have said there's current <laughs> connecting faith to the current state of affairs against the social justice warriors. Might have been a better term. Yeah, I, just I never thought of oh, you no, as no. well. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. I was I, people about say the it all the time. The they're always out like, there right now. Yeah, yeah, they're like, you know, positive justice, you know, and yeah. I'm like, absolutely. That is, you know, that's the crux of who I am. Uh, not because my name is Kreutz, but, you know, whatever. Well, here's the thing I have to, Bob, I'm going to commit to you. I am going to start asking my guests about their bio before I get here so my mouth isn't hanging open the whole time they're giving it because your parents were Black Panther and hippie. And, and, hippie and you're post-abortive. Yes. I've never, I don't think I've ever met someone who was in that category. That's yeah. outrageous. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then we had Mike Peace. Just a couple of weeks ago, oh, and then he dog. was a black militant Farrakhan. Oh, Farrakhan. Uh, mother was a Farrakhan, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. uh, 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 advocate. And I, I got to start asking before I get here. Yeah, so, you can't. I, I mean, compose myself. You can now. probably, you know, anyone who is black and raised within the inner city culture, 60s, especially. Well, even today, yeah. I mean, everybody knows who you know. Five percenters, and within the Farrakhan, I mean, that's just part of growing up and being black. You know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's cultural. It is. It's uh, and so so I've admired you and your career since I first heard you speak at a rally at Crossroads Park downtown. Oh, it was two thousand nine <laughs> or two thousand ten, and the only reason I remember is because I just started at the mission, and uh, you were followed by I think Kevin Williams. Yes, the the, the yeah. meteorologist, the the, yeah. the anti-global warming. Oh, yeah, man, he's, a, he's a major opponent of global warming. And uh, and uh, and and I can't remember what it was. I wonder if it was a tea party thing. Yeah, it was yeah, actually. It was yeah, the it was, second tea party because yeah. the first one um, was literally like four of us. Like we just heard about this tea party thing the year before, and all met in the um, uh, downtown in front of the. City Hall, and you know, we all look around. No, none of us knew each other. We're like, oh, I'm just showing up for this thing, and uh, and so the next year, you know, obviously it was a lot bigger just because everything that was going on. Uh, tea Party now, you know, though dead. I mean, look at our trillions of dollars in debt, and nobody I'll, says I'll anything, never so. forget that because I, I was I just got hired by the Open Door Mission. I was at Wham 1180, and I followed your career uh, as well oh, for cool. probably that long. And I remember when actually when you stopped doing the Open Door Mission, what is it, um, Valerie? No, not Valerie. Uh, uh, yeah, Anna, Val- Anna, Anna Valeria, Valeria Eisman. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. on there now. But, I hired her. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Like she came said, to me wanted to be, consult me because I never knew anything about the whole not for profit sector because I came from um, sales and marketing. I said I don't need you to consult. Me, I need you on staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember. I rem- so I've I've also yeah. many many years have followed your career yeah, cool. and been a great admirer of your work. We're co fans. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Not uh, fanboys. No, no, just co fans. Like co eds. Cool fan goes either way. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting all misty here. Oh jeez! All right, let's. <laughs> but I'll just, just let's finish. Get the, finish the, yeah, we will. But uh, uh, Gary Putup was uh, was the president of the local chapter of the ACLU at the time. Okay. And uh, and uh, uh, I, he had known me as a. I, I had. Uh, uh, I just told you I used to host a co or a, a sub in for a radio station yeah. on WHTK answers for the engine. Frank Zagelski, if you're out there, and uh, and he he was one Big of ups. he was one of my 
my guests. And uh, so he knew I was, you know, lean conservative. And he said, and he learned me. He said, you just started work at the mission? I go, I go, uh, 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 yeah, I did. He goes, well, that's a pretty liberal position, isn't it? And I guess, and I'm thinking, I never thought of it that way, but. Not really. Yeah. You know, conservatives have compassion for people, too, you know. Right. It's just that you don't usually yeah. – You do. there is that tendency uh, – To think that everybody in a not-profit, you know, uh, right. world is, is, is a liberal. And right. Well, and again, because you don't have to go around saying, you know – uh, I've noticed, right, if, especially if you lean left, if you are a lefty. And again, I don't. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that. Ah. OK. Well. Um, um, you know, but if you a lot of times when you lean left, you it, it's it's right. It's virtual signal signaling yeah. is what we call it now. Right. I'm glad we have a term for it. But being able to say, oh, well, I'm a Democrat. And that all of a sudden is supposed to say something versus all of the work I ever did before I became mm so vocal i mean i remember i mean i'd go 10 years working with someone they didn't know where i politically landed i yeah. right we weren't that's not what we were there for until again probably the last uh 15 or yeah. not quite 20 people would you know really because of all this height in the way people would talk about things standing there you know at the soup kitchen and they're talking about republicans and i'm like finally just had enough of it yeah. real true story yeah. finally and i was like so you do realize i'm a republican and you're yeah. talking about me yeah. right in front of my face and everybody looking like what and no you're not and i'm like yeah i have i am just because i don't have to tell you all the time right what, what my political leaning is doesn't mean that you can talk about me and then that really opened my eyes to a lot of things uh, from that point on, too. So, Remember when the ABC interviewer uh, discovered, uh, interviewing Bruce Jenner, who was then Caitlin, I, I think, at that point, oh, yeah. and discovered that he was a Republican, or she yeah. was a Republican? Yeah, yeah. This, this shock? The, yeah. This yeah. shock and awe, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why we're, 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 we're here to dispel that, you know, that there were, there's, cap, there's compassionate conservatism long before George W. used it, right? There, there, there's conservatives and we're compassionate and we care about people and we care about uh, uh, the poor and poverty. Yeah, we're just and not homeless. so open-minded that our brains fall out. Yeah. Well, we just we we want to help ourselves. We don't want to lobby government to do it. We do it ourselves. Well, yes. We go help people. <laughs> it, 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 and, and again, I think it's the way we look at helping too, right? Uh, yes. How the, do we help? Correct. Right. It's supposed, supposed right. to look like your relationship to the Lord, right. which is always that's always an individual relationship. Always. It's, it's, it's never a group thing. He right? never, well, never lobbied the apostles to go lobby Pontius Pilate to feed the poor. He said, "You do it." That's right. And is what right? And when we look at you know you'll look at the, the Marxism side of things, right? How they look at individualism, which is really the big fight that we have and why allowing like this liberation theology marxism type of thought to go and infiltrate the church has been so detrimental because we look at individualism as right god individually works on us mm -hmm. and that positively affects the collective right versus the collective being Correct. you know there is no individualism within marxism because everything is collective and then you, how are you ever supposed to get yourself out of a bad cycle right. if all people are it's, greedy uh, you know whatever that collective may be so christ made us all individuals it's the it's the the dna is different the fingerprint is different it's a snowflake effect not one is the same and that's for a reason in many parts one body comes right. to mind things like that 
he never treated anybody and, as a group unless he was mad at him, like the Pharisees. That's a, that was the only one. So he treated like a group. When he was angry, he treated money people like changers. A group. Yeah. Well, and money. again, yeah, when, when we are supposed to, I think right. That's the beauty. I mean, God, right? The, the simplicity and complexity of who God is is saying, how is it that I can be an individual? And you change my DNA so much that I'm so concerned with the collective, right? I'm so concerned about the others, the poor, uh, the widows, right? The fatherless. So, you know, it's, it, I don't think that's what we're here to talk about, no, but I'm not. more than willing back in a minute, to. But, but one more but, thought comes to mind, but, you know, talk politically and charity, charitable, yes. political. Conservatives give it a 10 times rate over liberals. Well, of that's course. That's fact. That, that's because, again, I'm not trying to give because I want a tax write-off, right? I'm trying to give because that's the DNA that God has put in me. I want to help someone, not so that I can go out and tell somebody else that I help them, right? Because I want my reward stored up in heaven. So right. I would and prefer not to and tell liberals you. liberals have, have got in their DNA to lobby government to right. feed the poor. Right. Take, is, take for me what I want. I can figure out right. what I want to do with my money, right. my uh Tithes, whatever it is, and who I want to give it to. That's why. That's why uh, liberalism always runs out of somebody else's money. So they say. Uh, yeah, that's been well, the track have, record now, hasn't it? Yeah. All have right, they run out of anybody's money though? They just keep taking it from us. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, no. sooner or later they will, though. Aisha, you know, I mean, there is money is finite. If they kill us, uh, well, then there's that too. <laughs> They'll just take it. Sorry. Bringing it back. We're going to bring it back. This is great conversation. Back, We're going to bring, bring it back. back. But before we jump into it again, I really want to, I want you to tell us about the mission of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. You know, I, the, just for instance, for some of the first things I see when I go to that website is devoted Christians, proud Americans, cons- pro- proactive conservatives. And I just had one, well, we had our, our friend Peter Peterson Vasquez on a few weeks ago. He's mm-hmm. the new president. He took over for you when you stepped back as the founder. And uh, so tell us a little bit about the, uh, you know, what's the, take those things and what's, what's, what's the vision? Uh, how do you execute out the vision of the Frederick Douglass Foundation here locally in New York? Oh, how do, well, how do we execute it out? Really, that's a whole, uh, I'll use Peter's word. He'll be proud of me if he listens to this. We try to take a holistic approach <laughs> uh, to it. Um, again, one of the things, right, as devoted Christians going and preaching the gospel in all the world, it is about um, infiltrating our culture with a biblical worldview. Um, and in order to do that, right, A, you do have to preach the gospel and share what it is that God has for us. And there are, are absolute truths within that. And so kind of like your show, right? It, it fits saying, very, it, it very much bringing fits, right? Bringing faith to the marketplace. Bringing faith to the marketplace. And that's what we do. And when God said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he didn't say stop at the foot of politics, stop right. at Albany, you know, right. or wherever it is. And so we do have to develop those relationships as well. And a lot of times you'll see Christian, ah, oh, you know, I'm not really shouldn't be involved there. Politics, yeah. But throughout the Bible that we see the exact opposite, Old Testament into the New Testament, yeah. right? Speaking that truth to power. And so part of what we do is not only doing it, but teaching others to do the same thing, hopefully inspiring others to do the same thing. And and those who want to take a leadership role, being able to train them into doing that. And again, so we have also have the Douglas Leadership Institute, which is our sister group. Mm-hmm. Um, they work mostly with pastors um, and people 
for the leadership end of it. So first it is, hey, making sure that you have a very firm foundation biblically, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot a Christian can be anything these days, <laughs> pretty much. And so we again, when you have a biblical worldview, what is that? So that is the first part. And again, there are various issues within a biblical worldview, being pro-life. Yes. Right? Uh, the personhood of not only the pre-born, but all the way Right, euthanasia. Right, so when we're talking about right. life, we're life talking on all both the, ends of the spectrum. Right, and, and everything in between. Right, yes. um, how it is that we're supposed to look at family? Uh, we do tackle issues like criminal justice. A lot of the criminal justice reform that you see, the positive stuff coming out from uh, the Trump administration. Dean Nelson, who runs, he's the one of the founders for Frederick Douglass Foundation and D- Douglass Leadership Institute. I mean, that's all. A lot of work that he's been doing uh, with the White House, this one and previous, to get some of these things passed. I heard him on uh, Tony Perkins' show last yes. week, right? Yep. Uh, Family yep. with Tony Research Perkins. Council. Absolutely. Yep. You know, yep. again, because when you hear criminal justice reform, there's all these crazy things. And we have to have a voice within that to say, yes, there does need to be some reform. But how do we do it in conservative, you know, how do we have the conservative biblical worldview of that? So, again, a lot of public policy. We're an educational and public policy organization. Um, uh, Proud American, right? We go in, we we have a lot, we have several different programs where we go in and teaching real history. Um, A lot of David Barton, uh, wall builders, Mm. uh, American history in black and white, and various other things where we're able to go in so culturally, we're tilling the ground, yeah. and we're tilling that ground for the purpose of changing the culture. Because although there's politically, there needs to be change, but you don't change politics to people's hearts change. And one of the things, again, when we go back to this whole Marxist view of things, if people don't have a common history, if they don't have a common literature, then they don't have a common bond. And so what they do, and that's what we're seeing right now with this Black Lives Matter movement, all of these things, is they're disrupting the common bond that we have as Americans, a common history. And so we have to go back in there and fight back hard. And sometimes it seems harsh because it's like, oh, you're not being sympathetic, going back to that first conversation that we have. Yeah. But like, listen, you're hearing all the sympathy. We, we need to give you a little bit of truth, and it might be hard truth, but right. it's loving truth. Right. We give grace. And truth. Yes. Grace, truth, (laughs) mercy. I'm here. God tells us that we are supposed to meet you where you're at. So, again, I can, you know, I'll take the Black Lives Matter thing just because it's on the tip of everybody's tongue right now. Right. But, again, I can tell you Black Lives Matter. Yes. You know, like my first, it's not all lives matter because I need to meet this person where I'm at. So again, changing the language and helping people to be able to have the conversation so that I can't get to an all lives conversation with a large segment of certain people until we can establish, yes, I know black lives matter. Right. And and again, different. and, And now I can start differentiating between the words (laughs) <laughs> what yes. you're saying yes. and the organization and what they're doing. Right. And now I can, you know, there's this divide. It's the individual versus the group. Exactly. Right back. There right we right are. back. Bam. Bam. Just like boom. Right. So, you know, those are type of things that we do within, you know, our, our organization. And then again, active. Uh, you know, uh, Americans um, in New York. So so every other chapter, except for, I believe, California, the California chapter is also taken out active Republicans here in New York. 
we've pretty much like you see it says proactive citizens or conservatives or something because in New York the Republican Party has really let us down. Yeah, uh, they are a hot mess, and although I'm a registered Republican. Um, we really need to do a lot within leadership. And so part another part of what we want to do is we do want to take back our party, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times the Republican Party, especially as uh, minorities, right, they're falling for a lot of these things that you see on the left uh, where they're putting people all in people groups, right? Black this, white this, Asian this, Jewish this. Yeah. But stop. That's, you know, like you have a good policy. It's good for everybody and every American. And so what do they do? They'll come again. This is happening less and less. And I do think because of a lot of work that we've done, but they would come in the beginning. uh, Tim Johnson, rest his soul, one of the other founders, um, you know, uh, he would come all the time. You know, they'll come and try and outreach to us. You know, they want to outreach to me. I'm like, this is my party. You can't invite me to my party. If you want to partner with me, great. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we can go on that. That's a great point. We're, uh, we're, we're long for our first segment. We actually did cover one topic of the, of the 12 I had here for our first segment. So we're going to go and we'll come back and we're going to catch up and we'll come back in the second segment. But we have to have, get our first Bible quote of the week. It's brought to you by my friends John and Joanna Ra at Agape Black Belt Center. Bring your whole family to develop authentic martial arts skills. Plus, instill in your kids discipline, character, and manners. It's where leaders are made. And here's a verse from the Frederick uh, Douglass Foundation website, uh, your mission statement. Uh, it's the verse under it, Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you, if all you have to trust is man-made government, folks, you're in big trouble. All right, Lord, come and run our government. I also want to talk to about about our friends Michael and Jim Pavone, YPC Media is an online marketing agency that implements powerful digital tools to help your business grow by helping you be found when people are searching with the ultimate goal to help you generate leads. Go to ypcmedia.com. And we are going to go to break here. Thank you, Mike Hennessy. There is more good news talk to come. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. Uh, spread the word about good news talk on the WISL stations. If we got to start sometime, I say now. I've been a mechanic for years, before there was a computer in every car, and before you needed to make sure your customers could find you online. It's not an easy thing, tending to your core business while worrying about your internet presence or a dozen other things you're not so sure about. But you do what you can do. I got a great mechanic, Ferg, but he's not building me a website. Then I got lucky. Somebody told me about YPC Media, and I finally found everything I needed. The team at YPC Media understood my strengths, anticipated my needs, and they were there for me at every turn. YPC Media lets me do what I do best, keeping your car in tip-top shape while they keep up my online presence. Now I can focus on the car engines, and they can focus on the search engines. 
As the Word tells us that all things are to be done decently and in order, we all have a desire to be more organized. Get Organized has been helping their clients effectively organize their living spaces with custom closets, pantries, garage storage systems, and more for over 30 years. Get Organized can be reached online at www.closetsrochester.com or by phone at 585-223-3646. Get Organized with closetsrochester.com today. At the law office of Arnis V. Sprackmanis, we're here to help you create the business structure you need to build your wealth and to protect that wealth for a long-lasting legacy for your family and community. Whether it's a business or not-for-profit, your will or your trust, or how to pay for long-term care, call attorney Arnis V. Sprackmanis at 800-471-4730. That's 800-471-4730 or visit avslaw.com. Rochester families are singing the praises of Agape Black Belt Center and the positive impact it's having on their children, teens, and adults. Many parents today are finding help for their kids with discipline, respect, and manners. For over 35 years, Master Ah has made Agape the landmark martial arts center in Rochester for families. See Mrs. Joanna Ra at 3750 Monroe Avenue, Suite 1000, Pittsburgh, or at agapebbc.com. Agape Black Belt Center, where leaders are made. And we're back. We're back with Aisha Kreitz. Twice I got it. Twice I got it. And uh, because I'm going to try to say Kruitz until the day I die. But that's Dunkin' Donuts serves those, don't they? Timmy Hose. Timmy Hose. Okay. Anyway, so Bob and I were actually talking a couple weeks ago, and uh, and it was and it was your. uh, We were talking about you because your press release popped up about. Okay, so. Uh, uh, we had a, a, a Frederick Douglass statue torn down in Maplewood Park, and it hit national. And uh, sure Trump uh, tweeted about it, and then Lovely tweeted back to him. Huh? <laughs> I'm coming back to you. And uh, and they got into a little tit for tat. And uh, and it says I got to get her on. I, I I can't believe we've gone eight months and I haven't had Aisha Kreitz on. So we got to get her on. And uh, but. This whole thing about, uh, you know, the movement that's going on, uh, uh, tearing down our, uh, not just uh, our Confederates. I, I almost, I can almost see why you would be up with some of the Confederate stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not again, I'm not for tearing down history. I think you put a placard by it. Hey, hey, you never see a Tennessee graduate here. Watch out. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, and I think that's, that's exactly it. Um, again, I, I, I'm not ever going to be sad if a Confederate statue comes down you know I'll get in the black it. i'll get over it I, i'm gonna get over it yeah. you know we fought to keep them from going up so i'm certainly not going to fight to have them you know and again that's another one of those things right the language that what we we can use these as opportunities yeah. as conservatives and republicans to share right. the democrat history instead right. of what they do is shoot themselves in the foot and be like it shouldn't tear it down and be like well Listen, you can tear it down. I just don't want you to vandalize stuff. If your community, if you guys come together and collectively decide, right, not not in a uh, mutiny way and not in a tyrannical way where the mayor or whatever just all of a sudden says, hey, this is what we're going to do. But if the community votes and they say, hey, I want right. this down. You, you put it to a vote, you know, right? Go for That's it. Take it. Do it. Right. 
then take it down. I have no problem with that. But then we get to the part where we do Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Statue. Really? Right. You know, and you know, and and that was where Frederick Douglass gave that speech in night, right? No, he dedicated the speech. He, no, he did. He, he did dedicate so that statue he, in D.C. Yes, he did. And and again, and when you listen to that speech, right? I mean, absolutely. Uh, Lincoln and Douglas had their issues, and he had a lot of harsh words to say about Lincoln. Uh, and he did, you know. But he also understood the value of what Lincoln was trying to do. He understood, right? It was like, I mean, Lincoln said some things that we wouldn't agree with today. But if you're looking for perfection, we will have no statues anywhere. Here's, here's a quote from your <laughs> press release about what Frederick Douglass said on the 4th of July, 1852. Frederick Douglass said in his famous 4th of July speech, those who would have you divided and hating America will always point to how the celebration of independence was a sham to slaves. And it was. But nowhere in that 20-page speech did he call America or its founding a sham. Instead, he wrote, now take the Constitution according to to its plain reading, and I defy the presentation of a single pro-slavery clause in it. On the other hand, it will be found to contain principles and purposes entirely hostile to the existence of slavery. So the Constitution was, I call it, it's the legal uh, uh, case for ending slavery. Absolutely, and we're going and we want to tear down those who wrote it. Right. I, that's now I have a problem with that. All of that, and I have a problem with that too. And again, that's th- those are the places where we can come in and start having a real conversation about history, who our founders were, what it is that they went through, because the Constitution, to its letter, is an anti-slavery document. It, I mean, you, you cannot argue. Anything but that if you're actually reading it. If you're reading, again, Frederick Douglass, he started off not thinking that, right? It's like his early writings, his early um, uh, William Lord Garrison, when he was with them, he was, you know, he fought because uh, he thought that the Constitution was a slavery document, right? Same, a lot of the things that you hear today. And then he said, I read it for myself. Yeah. Right? So we have to be very careful. If you want to read all the commentary, right, our history books and and um, elementary school all the way to college. The way that they depict American history is terrible, right? Whether it's Lincoln, some of our founders. I mean, these, some of them didn't own any slaves, right? right. It's like, but right. you would think that every single one of them were just slave-holding uh, tyrants who wanted to keep it going on forever. No, actually, our founders, the writer of the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, were saying that we can't have it. It didn't you know, we were fighting a civil a revolution <laughs> to have right, our freedom right, at the same right. time. And so it couldn't happen right away. And then when it did happen and we were able, what happened? Democrats got power and they spent a hundred years in power undoing every single anti-slavery law that was put into place by the very people that today um, everybody is uh, disparaging, Right. I was just going to go on and finish. He he he. Uh, later in that speech, he said, uh, uh, he understood the nation founded to perpetuate slavery. It was not the the uh, founded to perpetuate slavery, but instead was founded with the instructions to, to end, end it. it. Right? How we're going to get rid of slavery? Right. Because. Everywhere in the world, America was, well, we always vied for first and second, right? So we were in the 1% to get rid of slavery, right? We were always first and second. Um, what Britain, they had passed 
like they wrote stuff after us, but they passed it first, right? Yeah, and I think they, Haiti was an, you know, so and Haiti was another like so so those, but again, Haiti didn't come about you know until later. But right. we can't say that everything is going to be you know we're, we're living on the shoulders of giants. Our that history, right? That's what should bind us together so that we can look at things and say, hey, wait a second, our nation fought a civil war. For the, you know, blood right. was shed. Right. Just half a million people. Yeah. Right? At for, least 300,000 of the 600,000 were those fighting against slavery and died for it. Right. Right. So, I mean, so how can you, I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing. Right. And I can't. It's a pretty high reparation. It is a very high reparation. Right. All and again, blood. but even mm-hmm. 40 acres and a mule. Right. Yeah. 40 acres and a mule. It was Republicans that wanted that. Wanted it was Democrats. That fought against it. That wanted to do reparations right then and there. Right then and there. Right. And we didn't have, right? So again, you're looking. Didn't get, have the political will. Didn't have bipartisan support We didn't from the have, Democrats. right, the ability to get, get it done. It was always being stifled. So if you want to have a conversation about any of this, it's fair. But I think that what we have to do when we're, ha- you know, Albert, I always bring in King David. Uh, right? Because, right? I mean, how much, pretty much, you know, I mean, he pretty much raped Bathsheba and then killed her husband right. so he could have her. I mean, right. that's basically what he did. Right. Right? Uh, the apple of God's eye. The apple of God's eye. A man <laughs> after my own heart. So I'm like, listen, yeah. I am not going to sit here and t- listen, I killed my baby. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that these were perfect people. But they were perfect people for that time, and God had a purpose and a plan right. for America. He's the one that sets up borders. He's right. the one that says, hey, this is what's going to happen. And he wanted to bless America, right. right? Because we were founded on the principles of a biblical worldview, right, right? Of, of who he is. Right. And just because man messes that up doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything that comes after it is bad. So I think that— That's not understanding the plan of redemption, Right. I mean, if I haven't done anything wrong, what do I need to be redeemed from? Exactly. Right? Right. And that's what it makes me think of David. David, yeah, he was, he, God called David at the end of his life the apple of his eye. Now, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He killed his own, had one of his own, had, he had a Uriah murdered, murdered. a contract for, and, and uh, you know, so, uh, but he called him the apple of his eye. Why? Because he was quick to repent, right. quick to quick to uh, 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 inquire of God, and quick to praise Him. He wrote that's the right. Psalms, so that's what that's why he was called. Not because he didn't do anything wrong in his life. Right. And look at America. Right. Right. We can. I can see places where we have repented. Right. It was like, but how many times can you apologize or have repentance for something? Right. I mean, obviously, we're not God. Right. And so human beings, we're going to bring stuff back. But as far as the East is from the West. And so so movements, when we see movements like the Black Lives Matter or some of these other things that are trying to come up and destroy America. Right. Lincoln also said, right, that the only way that America would fall is by the, you know, from the inside out. Right. Right. So and that's what we're seeing. That's what you're seeing, trying to see it happen right now. Right. And, and, and there isn't there is not some intestinal fortitude on people that there needs to be that I'm I'm highly shocked on people that I absolutely adore uh, as mentors that I watch and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. You're, you're listening. But again, you hear something so many times you begin to believe it, even if it's not true. And I and that's where we have to come back and cut through it, and we have to do it. 
by meeting people where they're at and learning how to have the conversation in a way that is honest and true, right? But you're yes. not backing away, right? And there's right. that you put on the full armor of God. I'm not going to fall for the wiles of the devil. Right. I'm, I have to have something in me where I understand that this is what the real truth is. And there is an absolute, right? Right. Because we had a conversation about, uh, you know, how I thought one of the solutions would be to bring unity to uh, and, and that the church should speak with one voice in unity. I mean, I we do. we knew, you know, that, that God mm-hmm. made man in his image long before the Constitution was written, right? right? So why weren't we doing something about it for the first couple hundred years? And I associate it to the same thing that happened in the Holocaust with the yeah. German Catholics, the Catholics and Protestants in Germany, the Christians in Germany allowed it to happen by being <laughs> indifferent yes. and looking the other way. Yeah. And, and, and And I think... The parallels are forever. And, you know, from 1690 to 1776, a lot of the church looked the other way right. when they could have been preaching against. And a lot of them were. And a lot of them were, a lot yeah. of them were in, the, in the pulpit with their shotgun yes. preached the thing. And, and they, There were abolitionists they long before the Civil right. War. But again, right. they, and that's problem with the movement again, right? That's problem with a lot of our history today and why, you know, I homeschool uh, my kids is because yeah. I need them to understand that. They're giving you part of the answer, right? And then not only are they giving you part of the answer, but they're not letting faith meet the marketplace at the same time. And so we have a duty as watchmen on the wall to say something in love. Right. Right, in love, and again with humility. With humility, I I miss the humility mark a lot. (laughs) Okay, I can do the in love. I believe you. You do, yeah. But God's working on me. You know, like uh, the humility part, right? And it says, "If my people will humble themselves," right? So, okay, I'm speaking to myself now. (laughs) And 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 where I was going with that is is my idea was to have you know. Uh, suburban and urban churches get together and the pastors don't swap pulpits but go and speak at each other's church together and have have the suburban pastor and the urban pastor have the conversation about race and reconciliation right in front of the whole congregations and you thought well i don't know how i feel about that because he's calling me out yeah well it's it's because it made me think about it because because the suburban pastor is always going to be put in a position to appease. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because, well, in order to make it. The suburban white pastor right. is always going to be put in the position to appease because, again, how do you not have sympathy for the things that, you know, have happened? You know, again, yeah. racism in general. How, I mean, how do you not? And yes, I think that. It was just a gut check. Again, I'm not yeah. saying that it's a necessarily a bad no, but idea. I heard that. It's, it, but it has to. But it ha- we have to be able to speak our truth yes. in love because yes. because grace without truth is just enablement, right? And appeasement. It's a, it's a pathway and it's to hell. And it's not fixing anything, right? It's a pathway it, to hell is what you're doing, it's right? It worse. And and what happens? What I've seen in those situations, you know, since you called me out, yeah. you know, like, you know <laughs> is that what happens is radio is supposed to be controversial. <laughs> um, you'll see, right? Usually, the white person in that time in, in that space capitulate because, right? A, you can't identify. I don't know what that's like to do that. Instead of, I think there's a place in the conversation to say, well, how much of the responsibility is on us and how much is on you? How much of the responsibility of the way that maybe, especially black men, 
right? Because I think they get it a lot more than me as a black woman, right? Um, the way that they're perceived, mm-hmm. right? Well, you can blame it on Hollywood, mm-hmm. absolutely, because they do portray black men historically and even today in a particular light. And if you've never been around black people, right, or you have one black person in your neighborhood, which is yeah. nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. right? There's neighborhoods that are all black and there's one white person. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. right? So whatever your makeup is, I don't think we should, you know, mess with that either. But when they're doing those things, you're buying the movie. You're making them millionaires right. You're perpetuating on the back the stereotype. of your right, on the back of your stereotype, you are perpetuating that. Right. So whose fault is that then, right? And then and then again, if 80% or 50 or I think it's 51% of the crime is being committed by 13% of the population. Whose fault is that then? Who, you know, again, and I'm, I'm not, it's not a blame game. It's a conversation. And they say they want honest conversations, but then as soon as I see somebody coming up and saying, hey, I'm trying to, oh, oh white privilege, blah, blah. Even though I saw a really great white privilege thing. I'm so sorry. I just got off topic, but yeah. uh, there's a poster is NRA and it said, um, uh, what does it say? It said, uh, NRA stop killing, um, stop killing blacks. That's our job. And then it had Planned Parenthood symbol on oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see I, that? I, I, I did <laughs> right. See that. And then Bill Gates and Melinda Gates came out and they're, um, and they were talking with, they have been for a while, right? Who, again, who always gets, um, experimented on first? There's three mm-hmm. categories, right? The poor, Military and blacks. Right? Those, those are the three. And so with this new vaccine, they were like, oh, and give it to the blacks first because they're – I'm like, no, no, thank you. And right. then um, somebody said, again, white privilege. They were like, oh, white privilege will work there because who's never going to be experimented on first, right? Right. And I, got I was wondering because this narrative has come out about how, how uh, African Americans are being hit with COVID much harder than yes. any other yeah. segment of the population. Yeah. Yeah, because we need to experiment on them first. So we might go. as well give it to them first. I got my attention. I was wondering about it. Well, and I, it, it reminds me, of, as you're talking about privileges, we had this conversation with, uh, and, and Mike Peace came up with uh, something that I really was, was uh, uh, really hit me, is because I've always struggled with the white privilege thing, you know, and, and, I've, and I've tried to work on it. I've asked God to help me, and he's given me some occasion. But what God shows me is the places where I had an advantage, and I think it's easier for me to get my head around advantage than privilege. I think maybe the wrong word is used there because, you know, you think about, you know, now we go back to, and we got to go to our second break, but now we go back to uh, uh, the idea and the truth that in the Rochester, 70% of the households are run how, by. How are we going to come back from break and I'm going to be the one arguing against some white advantage privilege? Because <laughs> we're we're. Well, I think the brakes are the racist. Rules. I think I, going to break is racist, actually. It starts with a B. It's yeah, black. Exactly. See? Unless you have, commitment, unless you have commitments to sponsors. In fact, I'm going to go take a break oh, and we're going to come back white. and finish. See, there, you're, you're supporting the, the patriarchy again. It's a profit timeout. 
And uh, we're going to go to our second Bible quote of the read it week. It's brought to you by my friend and attorney, Arnest Sprankmanis. You can trust Arnest with your business or not-for-profit with counsel for estate planning, wills, trusts, and more. Go to avslaw.com. And I thought we were going to get to a fatherhood issue by now, but we didn't. But it's Psalm 78 and 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. We need fathers, folks. Moms and grandmas are great, but they can't replace a father. And neither can the government. Yeah. Uh, there's more to come here on Good News Talk on the WISL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, 1040 AM. Always on in podcast form at WISL1040.com. Rochester families are singing the praises of Agape Black Belt Center and the positive impact it's having on their children, teens, and adults. Many parents today are finding help for their kids with discipline, respect, and manners. For over 35 years, Master Ra has made Agape the landmark martial arts center in Rochester for families. See Mrs. Joanna Ra at 3750 Monroe Avenue, Suite 1000, Pittsburgh, or at agapebbc.com. Agape Black Belt Center, where leaders are made. At the law office of Arnis V. Sprankmanis, we're here to help you create the business structure you need to build your wealth and to protect that wealth for a long-lasting legacy for your family and community. Whether it's a business or not-for-profit, your will or your trust, or how to pay for long-term care, call attorney Arnis V. Sprankmanis at 800-471-4730. That's 800-471-4730 or visit avslaw.com. I've been a mechanic for years. Before there was a computer in every car, and before you needed to make sure your customers could find you online. It's not an easy thing tending to your core business while worrying about your internet presence or a dozen other things you're not so sure about. But you do what you can do. I got a great mechanic, Ferg, but he's not building me a website. And then I got lucky. Somebody told me about YPC Media. And I finally found everything I needed. The team at YPC Media understood my strengths, anticipated my needs, and they were there for me at every turn. YPC Media lets me do what I do best, keeping your car in tip-top shape while they keep up my online presence. Now I can focus on the car engines, and they can focus on the search engines. As the Word tells us that all things are to be done decently and in order, we all have a desire to be more organized. Get Organized has been helping their clients effectively organize their living spaces with custom closets, pantries, garage storage systems, and more for over 30 years. Get Organized can be reached online at www.closetsrochester.com or by phone at 585-223-3646. Get Organized with closetsrochester.com today. W-I-S-L. And we're back. We're back with uh, Good News Talk and I and Aisha Kreitz. And uh, I've got 20 topics that we never got to. And I knew it was going to go down like this. But I think you wanted to say something about privilege before we went to break. And I, I just want to give you the opportunity if you do. I, okay. And I'll be really quick because, again, I know that really wasn't where we were going and it got um, – but. I just, I just think that we need to be careful. Again, you said something. Yeah, absolutely. Have humility and you know, having conversations, right? Um, 
there are things that happen to some people because of the color of their skin, because they're a Christian, because they're a Muslim, because they're white, because they're straight, because they're gay, whatever. We all have various advantages, right? And But it doesn't mean that because you may have one advantage over me that I don't have my own advantage, right? I mean, listen, I think I can get away with not wearing a mask just about anywhere if I were to be like, yeah, I'm black. And I think they leave me alone. I, I have a black privilege card, Right. You might have a white privilege card, but I have a black privilege card, right? I have an American privilege card that trumps every other card on the face of the planet. I am privileged because I live in this country because I was born here. And as a Christian, I'm God's favorite. That card trumps everything else. It doesn't matter how people look at me. It doesn't matter what prejudice somebody has against me. None of it matters because any door that God is going to open for me, no man is going to shut it. And as long as I whine about whatever, my grandmother, I remember coming home, having a little thing, you know, oh, I'm black, uh, right? Listen, my grandma, big black, she ain't playing, right? I mean, she'd tear me up so bad. I'd be underneath the thing. Like I'd get caught underneath the bed. She'd be tearing my butt up because it was sticking out. Couldn't get it underneath there. But, <laughs> right, I remember her telling me, she used to call me boo-boo, right? or a jelly bean and she'd be like boo boo I don't care if you have to work 10 times as hard to get half as much you better work 40 times as much and you get what's yours mm-hmm. and that has stuck with me after I got over my boo hoo cry self yeah. right because I realized what she was saying and so you know again I just want us to be careful that yes people have issues there are things that is their sins of the heart and God is not surprised by any of them, and every single one of them is overcomable, especially in America. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and, and we had long conversations about, you know, uh, why do, why do African-American men get uh, irritated when old white guys like me say, all lives matter, right? And why do you, why do you guys get irritated? Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and the answer is, the, to, for me, it came back, uh, I keep going back to Anthony Grissett, where he said, listen, when you see a house on fire, do you go put, uh, get a fire and put it on a house? Or do you just say, look at all the houses on the street and say, well, all, life, all houses matter. And I get it. It's kind of like when you bring it down to the individual it's can you just mourn with me right now we're hurting right now can you just mourn with and yes i can i should be able to say yes i can mourn with you right now right and so but again if the house is on fire and you're saying that the lives inside of there matter which is fine i'm with you you know again great analogy uh unless there's a pregnant woman in there and then we're going to stop make sure we abort her baby and then we'll put the fire out so again differentiating between Black Lives Matter, the movement, and the saying, right? is like, I'm not going to argue that black lives don't matter, but all black lives matter. Oh, and that's what I was just going to bring up, is is all through your uh, Facebook page, you have the hashtag, all black lives matter, and tell me what that's about to you. I noticed there was also a little... You had a little uh, 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 activity going on down at Planned Parenthood. Okay. So, yes. So, again, all black lives matter. And, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying all lives matter. Um, kind of, you know, we talked about it earlier. I think it's when you say it. You have to earn the right and the place to say it. And then you yeah. can have the conversation. And I think what happens right now like Where's that coming is, from? Yeah. Right. What's the spirit of it? And people yeah. will hear, oh, black lives matter. But like, well, white lives matter too. Blue lives matter. Yeah, well, we all matter, right? Right now, police are being squeezed. If you can say blue lives matter with a straight face, 
and you can't say Black Lives Matter with a straight face, then right you get a tinge. Right. Then you need to to look at that because kind of what you're saying, right? Because it kind of what you're saying. So when we get into All Lives Matter, it's like, listen, okay, I'm going to mourn with you. We'll sympathize with you. And now can we have a conversation about what we're really saying because we're all one blood, we're all one DNA, and all lives matter. But when we're looking at the only time that black lives matter is if a white cop is killing you, right, then there's a problem. And that's the part that we have to start dissecting. So, again, all lives matter, and I'll just get into that because I know we don't really have time, but all lives matter is just saying – that the number one killer in the black community is abortion. Yep. Uh, but hands down, there's no comparison. Um, the abortion industry kills more blacks in three days than the KKK did in 86 years. And Planned Parenthood's blood, bread and butter is the killing of black babies. And so this group, Black Lives Matter, they will go... Criminals' lives matter. Drug dealers' lives matter. Black or black drug dealers' lives. But you don't see black babies' lives matter in there. And so if you don't value life on its most fundamental point, then you are not going to really value life, right? The the number of people that are killed, right? I don't know. It was 12, nine, nine black men. I, don't, I can't so think of it. Nine and 12. Something like by that. White, by unarmed black by un- men by white police. Right. Yeah. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. 12, okay. 10 or 12. So, Last I'm, year. Uh, right. I'm sorry. I mean, that many people were killed in Chicago. And, and it is an honest conversation to have. But in order for me to have the place to be able to have that conversation, kind of what you said, coming at it from a place of humility, yeah. making sure my heart is right. Taking the plank out of my eye, if I can't say Black Lives Matter, agree with you, and then move on, then that's kind of where we get ourselves into to danger. So Planned Parenthood, we wrote black, pre-born Black Lives Matter in front of Planned Parenthood, and then they defaced it, of course. They tried to paint off the, the pre-born with black paint. But it on the street? or Yeah, right in yeah, front of Planned Parenthood on Very University cool. Avenue. Now just the Black Lives Matters part because they poured some acid stuff, and we're going to go repaint it. Because, right, they defaced it. And, you know, of course, we didn't get we got media play in like American Thinker and uh, LifeSite News and stuff like that. But did local media pick it up? No. But we did send a press release. All right. How do folks if folks want to help Frederick, uh, Frederick Douglass Foundation book a speaker, you can donate, you can be mem- become a member for seven dollars a month. Go to HTTPS dot org. Yes, or, yep, and if you're listening not in Rochester, yeah. it's fdfnational.org. Yep, um, and we do, like we, like I said, we go into churches, we do talks, we do historical talks, uh, we have different speakers, uh, some of them national, that we bring in, um, and we're always looking for donations and members so that we can further our voice. All right, we're out of time. I want to welcome, looking forward to seeing everybody on church on Sunday. This Sunday, we welcome Pastor Tim and Carrie Luddy from Brighton Presbyterian Church at 10 a.m. on WYSL. Come see it. Come listen. Pretty darn exciting. All right. We want to welcome BPC here to the WYSL stations. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Aisha, anything else? Yeah, but I don't got time, so yeah, ah! you're kicking me out. Bring her back. Let me... Gotta let, bring her back. Why? You got another 30 seconds or something? Well, no. I've got a, we got one minute right now. Oh, we got a minute? Let me ask you one more question. <clears throat> do the... Do the does a majority of the African American community who are homeowners in the city want to defund the police? I don't think so. No. 
<laughs> Nobody wants it. And yeah, the whole defund the police, people are like, well, oh, I don't really mean defund the police. Yes, you do, because otherwise you'd right. say reform the police. They say that's not what we mean. But. Yeah, but it is. But no. Um, I mean, again, I can't speak to the majority of people, but a lot of the homeowners that I know, that is not what they're looking for. Amen. Just Thanks. wanted to ask that. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks, news talk. Bye. Thank you. Uh, brought to you by YPC and Stephen James Media, Agape Black Belt Center, Attorney Arnest Sprachmanis, Get Organized Closets and Storage, and special thanks to friend of the show, Joe Kem. See you next time for more good news on Good News Talk. Yeah, right.